Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Football is right around the corner as well, so you can get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game, so listen up because you don't want to miss this. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. And get a free shot at a million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. And see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello everyone, my name is Ryan Stacey and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, you can visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at InstatHockey. Today I'm joined by Charles Blade Dion, founder of Project Sports Agency. Charles is a driven agent and advisor who really understands the field and the proper way to deal with clients, especially at a younger age. Joining the industry without the more traditional scouting background, he offers a new perspective to the podcast, which I think listeners will really enjoy. With that, here's Charles Blade Dion founder of Project Sports Agency. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Charles Blade Dion, founder of Project Sports Agency. Charles, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ryan. 
yeah, it's it's definitely great to, to have you on. I always enjoy having agents and advisors on. And uh, Jesse Morton, as people may recognize, was a, a former guest on the podcast and, and definitely works very closely with you. But um, thought it was time to maybe get your story on as the founder and kind of go about uh, your career and, and some of the things that you're doing. So first and foremost, let's just learn more about you personally. Maybe talk about your upbringing, playing sports in your early years and, and just some more background information on you. Yeah, so uh, basically I'm from... Uh... Tamouraska, which is a small, small town about uh, two hours east of Quebec City. Um, I grew up, uh, I actually grew up on a, on a dairy farm. So uh, early, early age, I knew what, uh, what hard work was like. Um, and, uh, you know, so I played uh, like, like pretty much everybody in hockey. I played my 15 years old in, uh, in mid-jet, uh, played a little bit of prep school. Um, I went uh, to play um, in the States uh, at 17. And uh, also at 18, I played in Ontario, uh, both junior level. Um, then uh, in s- s- that's my hockey background. I was also a, a decent track and field runner. So uh, that uh, that part of me is more uh, trying to push to, to push to your limits. And uh, I've been uh, I've been still continuing to run. I, I was running a, a, on a race Saturday, this past Saturday and. I like uh, I just just like to push myself. It's something that, uh, as an agent, now we we have so many things in our in our minds, and sometimes taking a an, an hour to just go for a run, it, it just clear clear the the path for the rest of the day. Um, but uh, yeah, and also I uh, I I went I, I played hockey, played both sports at uh, in high school. Um, I'm coming from a place where English is not uh, it's just not there, <laughs> not there at all. Uh, um, and uh, so, so yeah, I I went to school. Uh, I, I went to university. While I was uh, in university, there was uh, actually one of my buddy. I was playing major junior, and at the time, he, he wanted to to go out west um, to play for for his twenty years old season. And he, he was from the same town as me. Didn't didn't know a single word a single word in English. And he was, uh, hey, do you mind just calling that guy? I I don't want to get screwed up. <laughs> by that coach because obviously he didn't trust anybody. Um, so I, I just called him and uh, I kind of negotiated, I'd say maybe more. Uh, I, I was probably more reporting the, what he was saying. Um, but uh, I was that was kind of my first contact with, uh, with the hockey industry. So um, I, I, I liked it. I actually uh, jumped on a, on a flight with, with that, that player at the time and uh, I, we, we we had a great time just just being a, his agent. I was the same age as him, so it was it was pretty funny. Uh, at at the time, the the coach there was like, maybe we can we can get you both now. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no. So I uh, in school I, I started the university as a in journalism. I always wanted to be in hockey, so um, yeah, I started in journalism, double majoring journalism and finance. Then after uh, after two semester actually it was a, a little bit too much, and uh, journalism uh, I, I liked the part of being a, an analyst, the being involved in media around the athletes stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's not all sunshines and rainbows. It's, it's like you have to write the ton. Uh, you're a lot of uh, a lot of the time you're alone by yourself, and um, it, it wasn't for me. So uh, I looked at other options to to being involved in, in sports. Um, obviously, being a scout was, was something that I liked. 
Um, but uh, you, you don't know me yet, but I'm someone to like to talk a lot. So being a scout was, uh, again, a little bit too much of, uh, of uh, being by yourself. And uh, I like to I like to chat. And uh, um, I think uh, I think agent was was something that uh, there's not a ton of people who do it. There's not a ton of people who uh, it's uh, it, it's pretty hard to get in. Um, and uh, at first you have to you have to have clients. So um, it's uh, it's it's how I got in. It's just like talking with my buddies and my buddies' brothers that were up and coming and uh, made my name uh, <laughs> along the way. But it's uh, at, at the beginning it was just a project in school, um, a little uh, marketing uh, marketing class project uh, during my finance degree, and um, I, I I accomplished it uh, along the way. I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's definitely kind of grown over the, the last number of years here. And um, always interesting just to hear uh, how you're kind of introduced to sports. And like you said, you played hockey, you did track and field and um, kind of had that passion for sports and, and being a part of a team, being around people. And uh, it's always, again, interesting to see what your your entry to schooling is and journalism. Definitely a, a thing that's very closely connected with sports, especially professional sports and um, we've heard a lot of guests on the podcast also go in that direction and, and kind of maybe feel that it wasn't ultimately for them. Uh, some of them actually did it for a while and then would change after. But uh, you kind of talk about getting into, um, you know, more of a uh, an agency field and, and having the experience of maybe trying out scouting and just looking at all these different avenues. And you talked about that story with your friend. Um, even before that, you also took a course um, while at school and, and doing some business like work um, with sport management worldwide. Uh, definitely uh, a course that we've heard a lot of times. I've been able to witness it firsthand sitting in on some presentations, but also guests have mentioned it in their careers as well. So maybe quickly just talk about your experience with that program and if you would possibly recommend it to others who are looking to get in your field specifically. Yeah, I would say I was, uh, I was someone who was... Uh was uh, pretty gifted in school. So uh, that course was, I'd say, a little kind of easy um, in a way. But what I liked a lot about uh, about it is just they answer whatever questions you have. Um, there's actually quite, like, there's no stupid questions. And um, a lot of teachers likes, likes to say it, but sometimes it sounds stupid and they, they make you like that. They make you feel like that. Um, but in that course, uh, I was really able to just call Everybody, every teachers, and uh, there was my a mentor uh, named Manny Schmidt, based in uh, in Alberta. Uh, he's an NHLPA agent, and I've been able to, uh, to to chat a little bit with him, asking questions like you know the certification, how to get in uh, to the race. Like it's it, it's a little different than scouts, so uh, I was able just to ask tons of questions, and that that's how I like the course, um, just to manage expectation. The, the course is pretty like it's it's easy going um, there's no rush uh, you you do it uh, at your own time and that's why I liked it uh, I was able to do it uh, on a Friday evening uh, in Minnesota doing classes uh, while while scouting guys during the day so I really like the flexibility of that course and um, I would say to anybody who would like to to get into that, that uh, program um, it's just Enjoy the time and ask as many questions as you can, because uh, either uh, nobody there is is is, uh, is is judging you for for asking weird questions, because I probably asked the weirdest already. So, 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think everybody who's gone through a course have kind of had a, a similar um, viewpoint on it. Definitely, um, you know, it, it teaches you interesting things about the industry, depending on which course you're doing. But I think just the, the guidance and, and the experience of the lecturers and people who are involved as guest speakers is is really what stands out for it. And kind of moving forward with, with your uh, career here prior to starting PSA, which we will definitely get into, uh, you also did some coaching at the lower levels. Maybe just talk about that experience of, of working behind the bench and, and maybe how it helped you prepare for your current position and just interacting with players overall. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been involved much behind the bench. I was really involved in the hockey schools. Um, so I did uh, about uh, between 10 and 15 camps. Um, I like to just talk to, again, it's just like I, I was involved with kids, talk to, there was great coaches. Uh, they all had good experience. Um, I think actually I there's some people that I met during those hockey school that respect me because of the, they saw me work and, and all things with kids and parents. Um, it, uh, it teaches you a lot of patience when you work with uh, with younger players. But actually there's a there's like nice story. There's a there's a kid that I met uh, maybe 10 years ago while I was uh, I was on the ice uh, practicing with him that I know I know represent. So it's uh, it's it's just just good. I was able to see the kids grow. Um, I did it four years in a row. So um, I like to I, I like to to just be on the ice and uh, see what kind of drills, what kind of uh, mentality every coach had. Everybody is different, and and in hockey school, it's a little bit different than in, in, in during season, right? Like people are pretty easygoing, and if something. Uh, Something happens. Everybody is, is there to help each other. So uh, I, I like to to just be involved with experienced person that are just all passionate by the game. So um, yeah, no, I I, li I liked it, but uh, again, I wasn't behind a bench, so I don't have experience to be like on the road with the boys, just as as a staff, I'm just just on the ice involved in hockey school teaching. I'd say. Yeah. And, and even that, I think, is a, a great experience, you know, working with grassroots sports and um, outside of the skills within the game that you learn, just dealing with, like you said, younger kids and, and parents in that situation is a, is a great takeaway. And uh, definitely as an agent or an advisor, you, you would want to kind of have that skill set going in. So uh, I, I guess that now moving into the agent specific stuff, um, you know, starting PSA, uh, you being the founder is, is a process in itself. So maybe just talk about that and, and the process of starting your own agency. And maybe at what point uh, did you ultimately decide that that's the career that you want to go with? And, and when did you decide to move forward with it? Yeah, um, it was, uh, um, you know, I, I'd say I, I started it as, uh, as, as, you, as I, I was mentioning, just, just helping buddies. Um, and at some point, like how you say I didn't make any, any money out of it. And um, it was just, to get experience that was something that i was not really planning on becoming it's just just i was hearing that i obviously pat brisson alan walsh those are guys that i followed on twitter but i didn't know that someday i could compete with them um but uh, yeah and also i i i made a project in a, in a class like i said um after that um my teacher was actually pretty impressed by it and he was like why don't you why don't you try it you seem seem more passionate by that than by my class so i i uh, I, I started like with with three clients i'd say um there were one was playing major junior 
uh, one who was going out of university that wanted a pro contract, and uh, while uh, one was was getting into the draft process of junior hockey. Um, so uh, those those three guys, I kind of followed them. That was, uh, I'd say, uh, maybe I spent maybe five hours a week uh, on just helping helping around and um, and just getting to know how to get in, um, getting into the rink, trying to speak with the right people. Um, I didn't ask a ton of questions to like people who were already in the in the industry because I'd say it's a um, you're, you're not you're not really welcome <laughs> when when you're young uh, in, in that field. So um, yeah, so just started with the with the three clients. After that, uh, uh, there was one actually who's one of my first three clients is Tristan Peltier. He's uh, just been named uh, assistant alternate captain with the Shikudumi Sangye. He's a uh, 20 years old. Um, that was the 01 age group, which is my, the first I'd say bird year that I really work with the with for a draft. Um, I would say I did a decent job with him and I followed him, uh, you know, with uh, speaking with coaches, uh, scouts, um, being at the rink. I was uh, at, the, at, the, at the main events that when you don't you don't know it, you just you, you're, you're guessing which events are, are good to go. Um, but following him, I, I knew where he was heading, um, speaking with people a little bit at the rink. Uh, they were they were just advising me. Yeah, you should go at that that tournament, uh, that uh, that game, there's tons of scouts, or um, and I kind of knew the events as uh, as as Jesse was. He was a major junior player. I didn't I didn't play major junior, so I didn't go through that whole process. So I learned it. Uh, I learned it as an agent. Well, what are the right spot to be, um, and uh, who you should talk with, who you should not talk with, um, and uh, so yeah, I. I, I did that for, for a year. I followed my three clients. Um, after that, um, people, obviously people were talking and uh, many were uh, many were interested by uh, by what I did going to, to Ontario, going to the States, uh, being a Francophone. And I, I learned English. I, I studied uh, university in English as well. So I, re- I received tons of, of, of emails and messages from, from parents that wanted to know what I did. Um, and uh, so I took a couple of guys on at that at that point, which uh, like some of them I'm still working with. Um, and uh, I was just guiding the family. Again, at that point, I didn't charge anything to anyone because I was not 100% sure what I was doing. Um, but after a couple of months, I really I really saw value in, in, in what I what I advised to the parents and and the, and the kids. And uh, at at, at this point, like there, there was a parents that like you, you, you need to get paid for what you did, what you do. It's, it's something that uh, that helped us a lot. Like we, we didn't spend money on certain tournament or places that we would have go if you were not there. Um, so um, then the year, so basically I started in, in the in the spring of 2017. Um, I did almost a year with three to five clients. Um, after that, the uh, 2018, I, I moved and I think I got 20, 20 clients by the end of the year. Um, and uh, after that, I just continue to try to, to go for the elite of the elite um, and uh, build your portfolio in order to convince the elite of the elite to come with you and to trust you. Um, but uh, yeah, what, what helped me a lot, I would say, is uh, in Quebec, especially, there's not a there's not a ton of uh, approachable 
people in the business in terms of like asking questions. And uh, I was just standing at the ring sometimes and there was a dad or a mom who was coming at me and asking what I was doing, if, if I could help. And um, that's how actually I built it. I, I built the company. It's just being myself, being accessible to, to people. And uh, along the way, obviously, you at some point you 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 are much more selective, so your 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 players become better. And uh, uh, during that uh, 2018 season, uh, I got uh, a few really really high end guys that uh, just the parents wanted someone to that their kids will will look up to, but also would be really uh, easygoing and. Uh, will not be stressed to receive a call by by that person. So I think that's where I convince a couple of family, I'd say. Yeah, and and it's such a unique story. Um, you never really know how you're going to get into the field, but very organically, you kind of went in just being approachable and, and, and find yourself in the rinks, which is uh, kind of the recipe for success, really, with anybody looking to, to work in whether it's hockey operations or in the agency and advisor role and um, even knowing players that I've worked with, just the importance of having an agent or an advisor or someone represent you that's approachable, that you're able to talk to and bring your questions to, um, you know, on a daily basis is so important. And it seems like you've kind of molded that into your process as well, which is always great to see. And, uh, you know, definitely this past year was a little bit different, I'm sure, for you as well with the pandemic. A very tough time on players, not a lot of games and, and uh, you know, just trying to stay uh, stay the course, especially for players in your um, in in the age range that you're mainly working with. You got players who are looking to move to that next level. Maybe just talk about this past year and, and how it's been for you, and then maybe touch on some of the strategies for keeping players engaged and just keeping that connection open throughout the process. Yeah, well, I would say it's uh, it was a ton of video. I actually bought myself two new screens in order to to be able to catch as as many game I I could. Uh, I watched over 500 games the past season. Um, I would say the pandemic, uh, what uh, what was difficult, um, it, it's it's not really straight about hockey, but the the whole around the game, um, billet family was was a problem for guys who were moving uh, out of their out of their home. So it was family that didn't want to to, to get players because they were worried or stressed about the the pandemic. Um, uh, we have many players who are playing in the, in the U.S., uh, so the borders was something uh, that was an issue. Actually, uh, myself, I had the, the chance to speak with someone at the embassy at some point because our guy could not cross, uh, could not cross over. Um, and uh, just uh, not being able to go to the ring was was frustrating. Uh, was uh, it's something that it, you cannot, you cannot. It, it's not the same over over a Zoom meeting or over a call. You, in person, just chatting with the boys, it's it, it's so much better. Um, was watching games and uh, af- usually, you know, when it's it's still still fresh, you you go af- after the game, chatting with your guy and what you think, and just uh, getting a pulse of what, what he had in mind about his game. But now it was all over the phone, uh, a Zoom call. Sometimes it's hard to to join players. They are we're, we are hard to join at some point. Um, so. Uh, um, I'd say that that was the main issue is just the connection face to face. I was able this summer uh, to, to travel a lot and see the boys training. And um, that's where I kind of catch up there uh, because uh, because I, I needed to see them in person. And I, I believe that that's where I, I can beat the competition and compete with, with other big agents is 
being there in person for for the kids and uh, being approachable, like you said, but over over a phone and over a, a camera, it's not the same. So this summer, I did a lot of catch up and uh, I, I a lot of dinner with with Plan, a lot of lunch, a lot of uh, went to the gym with them. Um, it's just uh, just try trying to be uh, proactive with with them and trying to like obviously there's some of them who lost I'd say the sparkle because uh, it was a very very hard situation for a lot of players being away from home and not being able to to get to get out and uh, just staying at their bullet going to the rink at some point you, your mind become crazy so uh, there's some like we I won't name any 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 players but they just they just lost the the, the passion uh, there and uh, there are some who were about to lose them and I, I kind of were able to to keep them uh, keep them going and keep them on track but uh, again in person that would have been a little bit easier um, but uh, yeah did, did my best and I would say that uh, I, I just just hope this this fall will be will be uh, back to normal and being able to to see game life. Yeah, I think everybody uh, definitely definitely agrees with you there, and hopes that the season and and the following year is is much better than last. And uh, just very interesting again to to hear about the situation and you know players um, definitely the on ice uh, or lack of on ice activity sometimes depending on where you were too was very tough. But as you mentioned, the billet situation is always uh, something that you have to take into account. And schooling people having to switch to remote schooling and. And, and then the border um, in, into the U.S. where hockey was being played a little more frequently is is a whole nother conversation. So a lot going on definitely in one calendar year, especially for the younger players looking to make that next jump. And uh, the next question here I have for you, you know, for an agent, an advisor and players too busy or, or maybe um, busy might not be the right word, but definitely uh, times that you're kind of on your toes a little bit and just wondering what's going to happen next is during draft week. And then also during training camp for any player, any agent or an advisor, talk about your role during those periods. And then uh, maybe the importance of constant contact throughout the process in, in terms of both situations. Yeah, no, definitely. If I start with uh, with draft week, um, I'd say uh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to have a little bit of experience. So um, it's not as stressful that it, it's the first or two or, or second draft. Um, it's, uh, I'm preparing a lot in advance, obviously having my partner, Jesse on uh, as well. It's, uh, it's, it's much more easier to just facilitate the, the whole process. Um, I'd say we prepare our guys well, uh, we manage the expectation, uh, we manage our own expectation. Um, and, uh, at some point just, uh, by, by talking with people, uh, we, we are, we're, we're, we're having a, Pretty good connections now and draft week. Obviously, we're not in the NHL yet, um, but with the queue, I'd say uh, we have uh, we have enough connection to know in advance a little bit what's going to happen, uh, at least close to what's going to happen. Um, and uh, I'd say the players they're uh, they're they're actually pretty uh, pretty easy to to deal with during that period because we prepare them since. Really happens uh, in your regular year. It's the first week of June. We start in January to, to just prepare them, manage expectation, uh, um, practice them, and interview. So it's 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 a process that that comes from a long time from a long uh, time. Um, but uh, the the thing was the the most stressful is the parents. I'd say those are we probably we don't spend as, as much time with the parents and the players. So 
when the draft happens, it's uh, a lot of questions, a lot of requests, a lot of uh, uncertainty. They're they're more at some point they're more stressed than uh, than the players themselves. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a process that I I love and I enjoy. Um, the draft day, uh, it's it's my favorite day of the year. So um, it's uh, it's something that at this point it's not it's not stressful anymore. It's just uh, it's just it's so nice to be busy and to to speak with the boys on a like daily basis. Sometimes three or four times a day. Uh, our top top players, it's it's even more than that. So uh, it's uh, the the draft the draft is is becoming uh, more much more enjoyable and stressful than it once was. Um, again, another thing I would love to, to to be in person next year again. Um, but uh, yeah, and also, so as for the draft, uh, I'd say it, it's becoming but becoming easier to work. Um, I'd say the 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 training camps and you, you said two weeks, but uh, for us having guys all over North America and and in the in the overseas, it's probably more four weeks from the <clears throat> the third of August till the second of, of September. Um, it's it's a uh, it's much more stressful there because we it's completely out of our control at this point. Um, so uh, yeah, training camp uh, obviously again we we try to prepare them, we try to to uh, give them as many resources they need during summertime in order to be ready for camp. And uh, obviously we speak a little bit with uh, with coaching staff during uh, off season um, to to ex- to to know what to expect. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that that's that's a little bit more stressful because we we cannot control anything. Um, the boys have to shine. Uh, there's a lot of timing involved. Sometimes it's not the the worst player who gets cut. It's just the player who's not at, at the right opportunity. Um, it's all, all over. It's the same. Like uh, in college, in, in in the Q, in the pro, uh, in the junior A, in major AAA, it's uh, it's it's all about timing. I'd say, and you have to shine at the right time. Uh, wishing for not, not having any injuries, um, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's 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 not over yet. We're still in the middle of it, but uh, we had some great surprises that uh, that made us smiling. But there are some that we did not expect that were not uh, as as nice to to live. And uh, obviously, as as you probably know, we we work with players since they're 14 years old sometimes, and having a kid. Who gets cut at 17? It's it's, it's really hard because we we actually take it almost personally. Um, so, uh, but we we try to do our best, find find a, another home, and if it doesn't work, uh, best chance next year. So, that's uh, that that's how we can control it. It's it's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, and definitely both events have have their are their ups and their downs uh, for any player. Uh, you know, whether just based on expectations and opportunity, you know, so many factors into both the draft and um, ultimately a training camp, especially at the higher levels. And uh, you know, it's, it's just again your job as an advisor, as an agent, to uh, just to be there and kind of manage expectations and prepare as much as you can. And sometimes just throughout the course of a, a camp or a draft week or any week for that matter, there's so many different things that come up and kind of change the process up. So I guess the next question for you and one that we ask a lot of people um, about their positions is maybe just walk us through a week in your role and just talk about some of the the main things that you would do uh, maybe in, in the middle of a season during the week. Sure. Well, um, we're, uh, as, uh, as I was mentioning, we, we love, we love to be in person uh, with, uh, with players. So uh, we, we travel a lot. Um, I would say I would I would describe a, a week that I'm not on the road, uh, 
that I'm not uh, flying. Like we we're going to many places that sometimes it takes the whole week. Um, but a regular week, I'd say uh, it's uh, uh, Monday. It's it's the is the day that you you watch tons of games. Um, obviously, Instat as a sponsor, I use them a lot. Uh, so I I, I watch uh, pretty much all the games of our guys um, over the past uh, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so I'd say Monday is the day that I analyze and evaluate a lot. Um, the Tuesday is pretty much the, the day that uh, it's uh, being being uh, accessible, being being able to, to chat, uh, tons of calls, tons of Zoom meeting with players. Um, some of them played very well. Some of them had struggled during the past few days. So that's, that's when we, we take the time for that. Um, Wednesday uh, is, is, also, is pretty much watching clips, but now it's more like scouting. So we're, we're watching games that uh, sometimes we got heads up on players uh, during the weekend and we're, we're, we're trying to, to, uh, to evaluate that guy. Um, and uh, Wednesday night, usually there's a game to catch. So we, we go in person for a game. Um, Thursday, there's usually also a game to catch. Uh, during the day, again, it's, uh, it's it's speaking with the guys, being there for them. Um, after that, like Friday, it's on the road. Usually there's a tournament on Friday. So uh, holiday, we're, we're at the tournament. Either it's Bantam, Midget, uh, Junior A. Uh, we're, we're, we're just on the road. Um, Saturday, it's also a day that uh, we, we catch a game. Usually Saturday, uh, I, it's Major Junior. So uh, we, we go for a, for a Major Junior game. Um, usually it's a, it's a game close by. Now we have players in, in, in many programs, so uh, they play against teams that are close uh, to us, close to the to, to Montreal Island. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Saturday night, I'd say it's a, it's, it's family time. Um, and uh, Sunday, it's uh, it's a, usually it's a it's a triple A game um, in person. Uh, it's usually Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening. It's two different games, and we catch them both. Um, so and it started all over all over again on Monday. So that's uh, that's pretty much a week uh, in, the, in in our field and and uh, I'd say with with the values we have, it's we we have to be there in person and we have to watch tons of games in order to evaluate and know better our guys. Um, but uh, again, like the, the, the Wednesday, Thursday, usually it's it's meetings. Um, sometimes it's tr- trying to get players meeting, and sometimes it's uh, just. Uh, uh, reassuring guys and just uh, what w- what's going on. W- what can I do for you? Yeah, and again, so many different things go on throughout a week, and definitely the schedule will change based on the schedules of leagues and games. Yeah. But um, it, it kind of goes to show that really there are no days off, and I think that's the way it is uh, in the field of hockey from from all angles. And you know, there's that expectation definitely from players to have an advisor or an agent or or someone in their corner who's there. Uh, essentially 24 seven or or pretty close to it. Just, you know, that level of commitment should always be there. And um, at the same time, definitely as a, in your situation, there's a level of commitment that you expect from the players and whether it's being open or, or just being, uh, you know, keep that communication uh, open at all times. So maybe just talk about that relationship from that angle and and how it grows over the course of multiple seasons, as you get to know a player uh, better throughout the course of your connection. Yeah. Again, it's uh, it takes time. Uh, it takes a lot of time in order to to know the the personality. Every player is different, so every player you have to to, to use a different approach with them. Um, again, like usually, our players that uh, we're working with since like four or five years, it's 
it's so much easier to communicate because we know their their ups and downs and we know when it's coming. Uh, so uh, yeah, the the player that we know, it's it's it's, it's so much easier. But the, the the younger players or the player we work with for for not even a year, it's just trying to get to know them. And um, usually those players we spend much more time with, and uh, it's uh, what we expect for from the both parents and players, it's it's being transparent. Um, just telling us what's going on, how we can help. And we, we, we just, we don't want to find what's going on. You, you need to tell us sometimes. Obviously there's so many hours in, in a day. It's at some point you cannot, you cannot just wait for the guy to tell you everything. Um, so yeah, what we expect is transparency. I'm uh, I'm usual communication. So uh text, call, uh, meetings, uh, even sometimes it's through Snapchat that we, we speak with our boys. Um, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, what we expect, it's a lot of transparency. Um, not not waiting for anything, like go do the, the go-getter kind of, of way. Just ask us, tell us what's going on. Um, you hear certain players is having uh, great stuff by is something another agent does very well. Um, and you, you want to know if, if we offer that or if we can do it, um, just you, you need to ask us. So um, it's, it's what we expect. We expect the player to be always honest and uh, with himself as well. So uh, if, he, if he doesn't play well, uh, we, we, the first couple of months that we work with, we try to, to understand how they, they can uh, self-evaluate their games. Um, and uh, usually it, it tells you a lot about the kids, how, how, he, how he self-evaluates himself and not just the hockey part, but the, his, his entire life. Because if you're, he's always overvaluing himself, uh, like he, he can tell you whatever he wants. But sometimes also players can are extremely hard on themselves and they're like they're always playing bad in their minds. Uh, so uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, that I, I like to 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 do and. Uh, when, when I get to know a player, it's go in person, try to to feel his emotion um, with uh, with uh, the the 15 years old that that are in their draft year. Um, it's uh, it's being there, and we we don't take that many two or three guys, so we can really be there and feel feel them and feel them after the game right away when it's still fresh. Um, and it's also uh, as you get to know the player, you get to know the parents. Uh, they're really involved. Sometimes there's a lot of there's connection that you you can do there uh, in terms of personality wise how they, they manage their, their emotions. Um, so uh, it's it's just great. That process is great because if you build the right foundations with a player right from the start, then the 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 relationship is is so much better. Once the ups and downs become much more wide. Um, and, uh, I'd say, yeah, it's, 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 um, you need to know, you need to know your player and, uh, at the beginning of a, of a relationship and at the beginning of working with him, you need to spend much more time just trying to get to know him. Even if he doesn't have to speak that day, you need to know what's, what, what he has in his mind. So, uh, that's, that's a, that's a, actually a process that I enjoy a lot. Yeah, and it seems like you're going about the right way as well. Just, you know, getting to know them very early on. And as you said, players can be definitely hard on themselves and, and some guys aren't hard enough. So it's just, again, figuring out what type of player you have in front of you and, and kind of how they go about their own process and, and how you can help improve that and make it better in their own journeys. And 
for in terms of journeys for you, uh, you know, PSA has definitely grown over the last couple of years, as you mentioned, and, and as many people listening may have seen it who have followed along, they've seen the growth there. Um, I guess we always ask people about their goals moving forward. So for you personally, maybe five, even 10 years, uh, where do you hope to see PSA? And, and are you even looking that far ahead? Or are you someone that more likes to, uh, to live in the moment, as they say? Um, well, it's there's there's only one goal. And uh, in, uh, in 2030, our goal is to have 10 NHL, NHL players on contract. Um, so and that's pretty much our, our only goal. The rest is going with the flow. We don't know where those guys work at, are, are going to come from. Maybe it's going to be a referral. Maybe it's going to be from college, uh, from from overseas, and uh, maybe it's going to be from a partner that we we haven't met yet. So uh, it's, uh, it's it's that's that's the the goal that we have on our boards, both both myself and Jesse. Um, and uh, other than that, it's again it's going with the flow. Personally, I, I I really I really wish I stay I stay really approachable and accessible to anybody in the rings, and if they have questions, just even if they're not our players or they're working with other uh, other advisors or, or agents, it's just like you can ask questions. And I'm just uh, I'm a I'm a, I'm a human, so it's, it's I want to be a, I, I want to stay easy to talk with. Um, usually at, at the rink, uh, I, I watch uh, I watch the periods, but between periods, I like to chat. So uh, that's uh, that's what I do. And uh, Jesse is much more focused during the game, so don't disturb him. Uh, uh, during it's before or after <laughs> but uh, myself I like to, to take it easy and uh, going to the rink is also needs needs to be fun even with all the stress with the scouts all around and uh, parents talking um, I, I like to, to just being going with the flow and being easy to, to talk with no I think that's two good goals there one from a, a business standpoint but also then personally just staying uh, with that approachable nature and kind of going about your process the same way and uh, a few more questions here as we continue with the the interview uh, a few that we ask a lot of people on the podcast uh, resources are so important um, you know in today's day and age you talked about instat being a video resource for you especially throughout the pandemic and watching games uh, but a lot of things in hockey can be learned from other resources you know books articles uh, presentations, uh, conferences, all these different things. So for you personally, do you have any that you would recommend that you look to for reference or, or new ideas? Yes, actually, I got, I got them in hands because uh, I was prepared for that question. Um, I, 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 I love the book. Uh, well, it, it's, in, it's in French, but this one, I, I, I read it a couple of times. It's uh, le, le Hockey C'est Dans La Tête. So it's a... It's, uh, it's, a, it's someone who is a PhD and, and uh, it's a psychiatrist, a big name in Quebec. He worked with uh, with Tom Brady and uh, many many big athletes uh, from all over the world. And it's it's all it's it's all becoming through your head like a hockey player. It's between the ears um, much more than with your body. So uh, it's it's something that I, I like to take a couple of quotes from that book sometimes and talk to to the players. Um, after that, there's a um, actually, it's it's a it's a book that I got through uh, through uh, sports management worldwide uh, courses. It's uh, an athlete guide, uh, an athlete guides to agent, um, and uh, it's much more about uh, baseball, football, and basketball because it's an it's an American book. But uh, it's uh, it's just how how you grow um, a, a business and how you you can stay close to your clients at the same time. Um, obviously, at some point, there's there's tons of players who wants to work with you 
And uh, this book helps um, how to manage the, just manage everybody the right way and stick with your values uh, of the beginning. So that's that's a book that I, it's yeah, I, 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 I refer to it quite a lot. And uh, there's a, actually a, a financial advisors who, uh, who work with uh, with our agency, and we we, we asked them the question. It's Chris Moines. Um, it's the, the the name is the pros process. Um, it's uh, how the how the the professional agent um, should manage their wealth. Uh, professional players should should manage their wealth, and uh, it's uh, it's a lot about the outside of the rink, outside of the court. Um, kind of stuff, and he talks about family and how, how uh, and wealth is not just money. It's it's uh, how you you give your time to people and uh, how you how you stay respectful. And in that book, uh, it's it's pretty precise on uh, what the the athlete should do off the field in order to uh, to just grow as a person and uh, to obviously manage their wealth uh, until re- retirement the right way. So after retirement, they have the choice between having to work or wanting to work so that's uh that's what the book is 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 highlighted for yeah it's three uh great recommendations there and all kind of covering a little bit of a, a different aspect of the field and i think that definitely listeners uh, will tune into and, and eventually pick up those books and kind of go in that direction and, and learn more about that but that's one way to learn. Another way to learn is definitely through conversation. And as I can tell, you're someone who, who likes to learn that way and talk with people in the rinks. And uh, one thing you mentioned earlier was that the field is kind of a little bit hard to get into. You know, young guys aren't always um, as as welcomed. And I think that's just the nature of, of the business. And we've heard other guests say that as well. Um, but maybe just looking at your career to date, are there any mentors or people who have helped you kind of guide you along in the process and maybe just talk about some of the lessons that they may have taught you in the process? Well, it's, uh, I'm someone to like to, to look up. So, uh, looking at players a lot, mentoring in terms of, uh, of really, uh, helping me with the agent part. Not really. I'd say my former coaches, uh, uh just the lessons they gave me, uh, when I was a player, or uh, just coaches that I've been have been able to to contact on any any time, um, and just to ask questions. What, what what do you think about about that situation? What do you think about what this agent is doing? Um, but uh, honestly, mentor mentor wise, uh, as an agent, I didn't have any to be honest, and I'm still learning. And I wish I could have some, but again, it's a it's a world that uh, you're you're it, it it's a world of full of uh, of competition and uh, it's uh, sometimes it's even you you feel like you're bullied even if you're not because uh, you, you you don't feel like you're at your place uh, even if when you're really really young um, but like the coaches that I, I really uh, enjoyed uh, were, were working with and talking with and asking questions there's one uh, uh, Jason Clark who's uh, with the Shawinigan Cataracts right now was with Carlton Place in January it's someone that I, I asked a ton of questions uh, um, I, I know he speaks with the tons of agents, so he was able to to guide me sometimes. Um, Mike Regan with the Flint Flon Bombers is someone that I I, I chatted the, with a lot. And uh, there's there's actually a, a two head scouts in the queue that uh, I I like to uh, to ask questions and uh, to to be close with them. And at the ring sometimes it's just chatting, not not only about hockey. Uh, Richard Liboron with uh, Valdor. 
and uh, Anthony Stella with the, the St. John Sea Dogs. Those are like four person in the hockey world that uh, I look up to a lot. They're, they're down to heart person and they're, they're person that are willing to give their experience to younger people. So it's, and they're also really approachable. So any young guys at the ring, sometimes they're, they're easy to just go and have a conversation and just in a perfect world, shake hands. <laughs> we, we can't anymore, but uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, those are four names that uh, I've been able to, 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 to get knowledge from. And uh, I think I grow personally just by knowing them. Yeah, no, and it seems like, um, you know, it's, it's great to have people like that who are approachable and you're able to talk to. And a few of those names have actually been brought up before on the podcast. Neither of them have been guests, but um, we've definitely heard the names just for their approachable nature and willing to answer questions and things like that. So it's it's great to hear that you were able to define mentorship, even if it's not directly, um, you know, maybe from an agent, but from a head scout or from a coach or general manager and and. and areas like that where you can still kind of learn about the industry and learn about the game. So now in a position, um, having some experience and kind of still learning on your own, if you could go back in time to when you were just started, maybe when you were just starting your project or uh, maybe someone who's looking to get into the field themselves at a young age, uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they would be successful? Well, the, 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 the quote that, uh, that they have to keep in mind is it's trust your guts. Um, and uh, I think it's your, yourself is the, the people that you should rely on the most. Um, it's uh, if sometimes if you I, I like to talk, um, I, uh, I, I, I like to listen a lot as well. Um, sometimes you, you need to just trust what you see, um, especially scout while, while scouting a player. It's you trust if, if you see something that's possible that no one else has saw it. And uh, you, you maybe it will take time before they see it. But if you really um, trust what you saw and uh, it, there's something there, don't ask too many questions to people around you to make a decision and go for it. That's sometimes the player that will will guide you all the way because it's it's the one that nobody else saw at the, at the right moment. So uh, trust your guts will be the first one and uh, uh, be there. It's the second thing. It, it, you need to be there. Um, just being an agent, an advisor, uh, people maybe think uh, it's, it's, you don't have to go as much as the rings, as the scouts, and some people don't. But uh, I think it's what, dif- what can differentiate yourself to others. Um, it's it's being, being at the rink and seeing as many games as the scouts and uh, being at the event even if you don't belong there at first and you don't feel like you belong, just go there and, and try to get, get experience, get, get to, to see what's, uh, what's the feeling like of being at the rink. And um, if, people see, if people see you uh, um, all the time and they see that you're watching games and um, even if they don't trust you at the beginning, at some point they will ask you questions because they know you were there um, and uh, it's uh, it will take time. So um, another thing is being patient. Uh, it's uh, uh, being an agent. It's a, an agency. It's usually it's built through ten years. Um, so it's uh, it's just being patient. You cannot be pissed if you lose a client. Um, you cannot let your emotion uh, make rush decision. You need to just trust your values at the beginning and. And uh, and go with it because uh, I think uh, I think uh, I I believe in karma a little bit 
and if you do the right thing, it's it's all coming back. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I would say trust your guts, be there, and being patient. It's the three three main things that if you want to be involved in the in the game, it's it's how you do it. Yeah, that's a tremendous advice there. I think for your field or any field in the game, those are all um, key aspects to think about. And uh, with that, Charles, I just want to thank you again for for joining me on the podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and and getting to hear your story and, and kind of your um, experience and your insight into the agency industry. So with that, thank you again. I wish you all the best moving forward. And hopefully we see you reach uh, the goal of the NHL clients in, in 2030. So thanks again and take care. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Again, it's uh, it's it's great to change change our mind of training camps right now, and it's uh, having a conversation with an, another hockey mind. It's uh, love it. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you again, and all the best. One thing that fans within the game, hockey minds, and players can agree upon is that when done responsibly, there's nothing better at the end of the day than a cold beer that you enjoy for both its taste and its aroma. And this segment of the Hockey Minds podcast is brought to you by Kitty Vitty Brewery. You can visit their tap room now open seven days a week and their new retail location in St. John's, Newfoundland at 16 Harborview Avenue. If you're one of those people who are maybe looking for some more entertainment, somewhere to sit with friends, you can definitely check out their original location in Kitty Vitty, Newfoundland. Join the Kitty Vitty Craft Club at kittyvittybrewery.ca and give them a follow on social media to keep up to date on the latest brew news. If you're not from Newfoundland and not from the East Coast and you want to get involved, definitely follow them on social media and learn more about their beer, which is great for the casual beer drinking fan and also the beer enthusiasts. And stay tuned, because who knows, maybe they'll find their way to get their beer to a location near you. Check out Kitty Vitty Brewery today for more information on their beer, clothing, and all things Kitty Vitty Brewery. I'd like to thank Charles for coming on the podcast and sharing his story while also providing a wide range of insight for our listeners. Be sure to follow along with Charles and former guest Jesse Morn as they continue to work towards their NHL client goals here in the near future with PSA. If you would like to get in touch with Charles to learn more about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or you can contact HockeyMindsPodcasts at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Jonathan Sherman video coach with Boston University. We have yet to have a guest from the Terriers on the podcast, and as a young hockey mind, Jonathan will have a fresh perspective on the field, so you will not want to miss out on this interview. Once again, thank you everyone for supporting the podcast and listening in each and every week. Be sure to give us your thoughts and opinions on our various social media platforms and wherever you listen to the Hockey Minds podcast. As always, stay safe and all the best.